0: Acts chapter 20. We're going to start with verse uh, 13 this morning. And we're going to read through verse 20. But going ahead to the ship, we set sail for Asus, intending to take Paul aboard there. For so he had arranged, intending himself to go by land. And when he met us at Asus, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. And sailing from there, we came to the following day opposite Caius. The next day we touched at Samus. And the day after that, we went to Miletus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Now, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility. And with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thanks for giving us an example, many examples of godliness. Thanks for telling us about your son, Christ Jesus, through your word for filling us with hope and for cleaning us. and We're just grateful, Lord. We're grateful for your word, and we don't want to take it for granted today. And so I pray that you would speak to us through it and challenge us through it, encourage us through it, build us up together through it, Lord, we pray. In your son's name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Well, this first section here, verses 13 through 16, um, has Paul leaving again, going on um, ahead, and, and the group that's with him. It says, they, they, going on ahead um, to the ship, we set sail for Asus intending to take Paul aboard there. It goes through, and then if you notice, um, it goes from place to place. We went to Asus, uh We took him on board at Mytilene. Um, sailing from there, we came the following day to Caius. And then the next day, so it's kind of given us a direction of where he's headed. And then in verse 16, it says, for Paul had decided, they go to Miletus, And it says, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Um, So he has a schedule that he's trying to keep, right? And so uh, he's got friends, obviously, in Ephesus, he's got converts in Ephesus, he's got people that he dearly loves. In Ephesus, and so he intentionally goes past Ephesus um, because he's trying to keep the schedule of getting to Jerusalem, hopefully by Pentecost. And he knows if I stop in Ephesus, man, there's no way I can just leave these people. I'm going to want to spend time with them, they're going to want to spend time with me. And so he's going on towards Jerusalem. But it says in the process of that, uh, he stops past Ephesus uh, at Miletus. And in verse seventeen, when it says that uh, he's in Miletus, he says uh, he, it says that he sends um, to Ephesus and calls the elders of the church to come. To him there. And so, uh, wanting to meet with the leaders of the church, the elders of the church were the leaders of the church. Now, we're going to talk more about what elders do and, and their functions and, and things like that in the next couple of weeks. But um, for now, just to get us a picture, because I want to focus on these next couple verses this morning, um, he calls and has the elders of the church of Ephesus come to meet him so that he can pour into them, so that he can encourage them, so that he can challenge them, so that he can uh, build them up and teach them and give them instruction. And so it's important that he meets with these leaders, but he, he needed to not stop in Ephesus because of what that would do for his schedule. And, and, which is interesting, right? Like to think, sometimes we think that there's no scheduling going on in the, old, in, in the, in the Bible, right? Um, and it's just like, hey, just go from place to place to place. And it seems like, no, there's like, <laughs> they're people almost and and that he had a schedule and and that he was actually planning to do stuff and and we see that often right where Paul was like I'm planning to go here but Holy Spirit didn't allow me to do that or or if God allows then this is what I'm planning to do and so in this case uh, trying to keep with this he goes to Miletus and then calls for the elders to come so that he can encourage them and challenge them and teach them. Now, the next several verses are going to be that teaching. But we're only going to focus on a few of those this morning, OK, which I think are, are important for us. Verse 18 is where it starts. They come together uh, in verse 18. The elders meet him there and it says And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you. We're going to stop. We're going to take this apart uh a good bit here today but uh that first part as he addresses the elders he addresses the leaders he says to them you yourselves know how i lived among you the whole time from the first day that i set foot in asia uh what he is saying is this um it was obvious to the leaders of the church to the elders of the church it was obvious the example that paul set for them uh, he gave them an example of how to live. He lived in front of them in, in such a way that they could look without even teaching. And really, that's how he's starting this whole thing is like, I, I don't even know what I need to say because you observe from my life. You saw in my life how you ought to live. And so my life really is a lesson to you of how to live. Uh, I was on I was on uh, the Internet uh, this week and and uh, I I was on a blog that I, I love um, and I came across this article that they mentioned, and uh, I thought I'd read it for you. Okay, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It comes from from a, a, a. It's an article that comes actually from a pretty popular newspaper, the New York Times. Okay, um, I wasn't going to tell you because I don't want you going researching it and find out who this guy is or whatever. But um, so I'll say, don't go research it and find out who this guy is. How's that? Okay. Uh, I changed the title of it a little bit because it had the church's name in it too, but it says new pastor's compensation splits congregation. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read two paragraphs out of it. Long-standing tensions among parishioners at the renowned blank church erupted again this week as a group of congregants went to court to stop the installation of a new senior pastor whose compensation package, they say, exceeds $600,000 a year. By the dissidents account, Dr Oh, I almost said it. Okay. This man's compensation package includes an annual base salary of $250,000, a monthly housing allowance of $11,500, pension and life insurance benefits, entertainment, travel and professional development expenses, an equity account for the future purchase of a home, money for a full-time maid and private school tuition for his 3-year-old daughter. Um I read this, and I'm like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm just, I read this literally in the process of just finishing up typing this sermon, okay? And I read this article, and I'm like, okay, you got Paul who says, look at my life. Look at how I lived, and you will see what matters. You'll see what you ought to live for. You, you'll see how to live your life, and I read this. I'm like, what lesson is being learned by these people? Well, you can see what lesson is being learned. They're taking the church and him to court over this. And Paul starts us out and says, no, it shouldn't be that way. You ought to live your life in front of the people. And he's telling this to the elders. You ought to live your life like you've seen how I live my life. It, you've, I've demonstrated to you how you ought to live your life. And what he's saying is my life has been a lesson for you A couple of verses um, that we know of that that, that Paul says and, and kind of gives us a, this kind of a picture from First Corinthians where really what he's starting this whole conversation out saying is do as I do." You've seen how I live. You know how I lived. And, and, and so let that be a lesson to you. Um, in in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 16, it says, I urge you then, be imitators of me. That's Paul saying that to people. Be imitators of me. He goes on a couple chapters later in, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, he says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Imitate me, follow me, do what I do as I imitate Christ. And so really that's that's kind of the picture that we're getting as Paul's talking to the elders. Now, some of you may, may see that and you're like, man, is that, is that kind of prideful? Is that kind of is that arrogant? Is it, How can he say that? How can he get away with saying that? Is it okay for Paul to say, imitate me? Why didn't he just say, imitate Christ? But he says, no, imitate me, follow me, do what I'm doing as i imitate christ why because they have a physical picture right he was imitating christ he was living like christ he was surrendering everything and being like christ and so he could say to them do as i do follow me follow in my footsteps do what you see in me and so he starts this conversation off with with the elders of Ephesus and he says you yourselves know you know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia it goes on in verse 19 it says serving the Lord serving the Lord Paul and man I mean you just read acts you read uh, the letters that Paul wrote it's pretty clear Paul was not serving himself He wasn't building the kingdom of Paul. He wasn't advancing the kingdom of Paul. He was genuinely, genuinely living to glorify God, living to serve the Lord. And that's what he says. You've seen my life. You've seen it demonstrated in you how from the day that I stepped foot in Asia, from the first day, I didn't take time to settle in. I didn't. This is what was important to me. And it was demonstrated to you through my life. I served the Lord. I served the Lord. We see that in Paul's life, that that it's serving, serving, serving. And and really, that's why he could with credibility write to the Corinthians and say, follow me, imitate me as I as I follow Christ, as I imitate him, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Why? Because that was his life. He served. He lived for God. He served God. How did he serve God? He goes on in this passage, a couple of things and says, serving the Lord with all humility. I love that. Um. Because he comes off, saying, uh, comes off of it saying, hey, you watched me. You know how I live. Just do as I did. But then he goes on and says, I did that in all humility. I served the Lord with all humility. Now, what is humility? What is humility? Let's throw out an idea. Give me a, a, a simple definition for humility. What's humility? Right perspective. Okay. Good answer. Unselfishness? That's good. The opposite of pride? Mm hmm. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't think too highly, but think with sober judgment, right? Is that what you said? That's good. Anything else those are great great answers that's good and that's that's it i mean that's humility and 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 so often we think of humility as just kind of pouting around and putting ourselves down and and moping around and oh, I'm not going to say anything like that and uh, i'm not going to lift myself up in any way and 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 there's the wording is right there, but the attitude is wrong there uh man one of the things that um I, I really think it, 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 you see people with really low self-esteem who talk about that a lot. That's pride. That's not humility. It's, it, it's not humility. It's just getting attention for another part of your life, not something you think is great. You're getting attention. That's, that's pride. It's not humility. And humility is, is a couple of things. It's in, in some of your Bibles, it may say the word lowliness. And, and really, it's, 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 it's an approach to God. Humility is how we approach God first of all, right? It's how it's 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 this indebtedness to God for who he is. It's realizing that God rightfully said, "I am," and so though therefore we aren't, right? If God is, we aren't. And so it's an approach to God that realizes God, you're everything, and and I'm not, and I'm submitting to your authority. It's it's to be completely surrendered to the Lord on one hand, okay? The other hand is is this. It's, It's an indebtedness to other people because of how graciously God has treated us. In other words, it's the opposite of feeling that everyone owes you something. Now, let me give you an example, okay? Some people may literally owe you something, right? Some of you may have people, maybe you have kids, and they literally owe you something. You let them borrow something or whatever, and they literally owe you something. Well, here's where humility is in the context of that, okay? It's not dwelling on what they owe you, but rather on what you owe them in love. It's not focusing on what other people owe you, but rather on what you owe them in love. Love, and is putting yourself in that place of God is everything, and I'm submitting to Him. I'm submitting to His authority, and I'm submitting even to other people out of love, because of God's grace that He poured out on me and what He poured out on them. I feel this indebtedness to other people to to show them love, to owe them love. In fact, there's a great passage in Romans 12. Uh, go ahead and turn there. It's a couple verses uh, that I want to read. Romans chapter 12. Starting with verse 9, and, and uh, you may have a little subheading on it that says marks of the true Christian or, or something like that. This is a great, great passage, guys. But starting in verse 9, it says, um, Romans 12, starting with verse 9, it says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly Affection. Now, here's one of the main lines that, that I want you to pull out of this this time. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. That line outdo one another in showing honor. And, and that's, that's kind of a, a, a good picture of what it would mean to come together or go away humbly. That we would have this mindset of whoever I come in contact with, I'm not going to seek what I can get out of them, but I'm going to outdo those around me in showing honor to other people and loving other people and lifting up other people. And so Paul says to them, you, you've seen how I live. You, you, you watched how I live, serving the Lord in all humility. As I served, I didn't. it wasn't about me. It wasn't about building up the kingdom of Paul. It wasn't about lifting me up. It was about God. It was about God. It was about God. And it was about you, serving you and, and honoring you and loving you and, and really teaching you and giving you truth in all humility. And that's how Paul lived. It goes on in, in uh, Acts 20. And in, in the next part of that, it says, um, you know, how I lived among you serving the Lord with all humility. In verse 19 and with tears and with tears. There's, there's a verse in John 16, verse 33. You don't have to go there, but you, you should write it down if you don't know it. Um, but but Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says these things I have spoken to you so that in me you will have peace. In the world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation, some translations say. You will have difficulty, tribulation, trouble. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. That's it's just a promise that Jesus made. You're going to have troubles, you're going to have difficulties. And certainly that's what Paul's referring to here. In all of this time, I serve the Lord in all humility and in tears, with tears. In fact, he goes on in verse 31 of of chapter 20. If you maybe just have to turn the page or maybe it's there for you. But verse 31, it goes. um, He says this. Therefore, he's still talking to the elders. He says, therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Just this amazing heart for the gospel for the Lord, so that he could say from day one for three years, I taught you, I taught you, I taught you day and night. I gave myself to the Lord and I gave myself to you day and night. I taught and I taught and I taught and I admonished you with tears day and night. That's a heart for the gospel. That's a heart for people. That's a heart that's so wrapped up in God that it's just like, There's emotion that comes with it. And tears are are brought about by many things, right? Pain. Uh, Tears can come from physical pain. They can come from loss. They can come from discouragement. It can come from frustration. It can come from intense longing or desire, right? Or it can come from joy. So you've been so joyful before that you just cried because of the joy. And tears can come from all of those things. Paul said, man, day and night I did not cease to admonish you. And with tears it's just this genuine passion for god and a genuine love for people and the mixture of those is just this incredible heart for the gospel so there's not just this ro-ba- robotic teaching but that it's and i loved you and that's what he said i loved you and and you know you watched me how day and night for three years i gave myself completely emotionally everything i gave myself and even with tears i read that and i'll be honest with you i'm not i'm not there i'm not there yet And, and to be able to say that night and day i'm closer to there i assure you i'm closer to there than i used to be and my prayer is god continue down that path for me that that it would be so consuming that constant that's what he's saying really constantly day and night as i admonished you the tears just came from me because it was just that's just my heart i just there was nothing that mattered more to me than the gospel and you coming to know christ nothing and so i just gave myself to you i gave myself to god for three years night and day and night and day he says, you saw my life. You, you saw how I live serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews with trials. Paul tells us that 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 part of and he doesn't tell us just here, but in other places, part of serving the Lord is trials. Remember, that's what that's what Jesus said, right? these things I've spoken to you that in me you'll have peace in the world you will have trouble you will have trials you'll have difficulty but be of good cheer take heart some translations say take heart for I've overcome the world and so our joy is in him not in the circumstances but he promises us that in certain times and in seasons and in some cases for some people most of the time it's going to be difficult there's going to be trials and and there's going to be suffering and so Take heart in, in God, and, and certainly Paul's saying that about his own life. You look through what we've already seen in Acts, and there's been trials, right? There's been trouble, there's been difficulty. I, I The same blog last night, I came across another article, and it's just beautiful. Um, but speaking of trials, it, it, it's, it's uh, about this poem called Afraid says the poem entitled Afraid was written by Presbyterian missionary E.H. Hamilton following the recent martyrdom of one of his colleagues, J.W. Vinson, at the hands of rebel soldiers in northern China. A small Chinese girl who escaped from the bandits related the incident and that provided the inspiration for Hamilton's poem. Are you afraid, the bandits asked Vincent as they uh, menacingly waved a gun in front of him. No, he replied with complete assurance. If you shoot, I go straight to heaven. His decapitated body was found later. And this is the poem that that was written. Afraid of what? To feel the Spirit's glad release, to pass from pain to perfect peace, the strife and strain of life to cease. Afraid of that? Afraid of what? Afraid to see the Savior's face, to hear His welcome, and to trace the glory gleam from wounds of grace. Afraid of that? Afraid of what? A flash, a crash, a pierced heart, brief darkness, light, O oh heaven's art, a wound of his, a counterpart. Afraid of that? Afraid of what? To enter into heaven's rest and yet to serve the master blessed, from service good to service best. Afraid of that? Afraid of what? To do by death what life could not. baptize with blood a stony plot. Till souls shall blossom from the spot. Afraid of that? That's Paul. And just this heart of, yeah, there's, there's been pain. There's been difficulty. But you saw how I lived. And it was not for me. It's not for my kingdom. It's God. Because he's worth it. And and that's why he can say in Philippians, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I love the quote of this little girl who comes back with this message of this missionary who's standing at gunpoint and is asked, are you afraid? No. You pull the trigger and I go straight to heaven. That's beautiful. And that's really what Paul's saying. "I've, I've been persecuted. I've had trials. I've had tears. I've had difficulty, but... You've seen how I've lived in the midst of that. With all grace and all humility in the midst of that. Paul faced trials constantly. If you want to read Second Corinthians 11, 23 through 28, just gives this list of, of things that he endured. And, and it just, I mean, if you literally put yourself into the passage, it's, it can be overwhelming. It's, it's amazing to think that this man, just, just a man, just like us, who get the flu and cry all day long, you know, um, just a man who endured all of these things, why? because he had a heart for the gospel, he just loved God, and he loved people and and so it was worth it, and He says to them, "You saw my life, you saw how i lived and and you saw that that I lived and and served the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials." In verse 20, he says, And how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. Paul says, You saw that I served the Lord in all humility, with tears, with trials, and then with courage. How he did not shrink back. We talked a couple weeks ago about that letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth. And certainly, we've seen verbally how he did not uh, he wasn't afraid. He didn't lose courage in any circumstance. And in fact, just was it last week or the week before uh, where this, you know, this big, massive group of people, this riot that's taking place, and they want to hurt him. They want to do damage to him. And, and his first response is, hey, just let me go in and talk to them. Let me go in and reason with them. Let me explain to them. He never, he didn't shrink back. There was courage in him to go forward and just if i can just tell them the gospel that's my heart that's what i want to do and so i'm just going to teach them i'm going to tell them the gospel because that's the most important thing i can do he says you saw how i did not shrink back and and certainly with the letter that he wrote to the church in corinth and things that that he says in the second letter to the church in corinth where he says for for a time i regretted it it was difficult. I was confronting you on all of these things. It was it, for, for a moment I regretted it, but I don't regret it because I see what it has brought about. True repentance. He didn't shrink back from that. He 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 would he would speak truth. And the way he puts it here is you saw I didn't shrink back from, from telling you all that would be profitable. Anything that was profitable, I told you. Well, that's the gospel, right? For him, that's the gospel, and so I taught you, I told you the truth in that. There's a great verse that, that a lot of people memorize. We're going to turn there and read it, and, and and most of us may have it memorized. You could probably stand up and say it. But just a couple pages, turn a couple pages to, to Romans chapter one. Verse 16. This is Paul. And he says this for I, and it's, it's it's similar to what he's saying to the, the elders of Ephesus here in Acts 20. Right. But just in a, a different way that people memorize he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes to the jew first and also to the greek how many people of you have memorized that may memorize raise your hand real tall don't be fine i'm not going to call you up and make you say it or anything okay i memorized that when i was in high school ah it's such a cool verse i'm not ashamed of the gospel is the power is the power is the power i memorized that bogus it was just a memory verse to me. It just was a cool sounding verse about a guy that I wasn't like. And I thought, man, that's a really cool verse that I should learn. Listen, this was not just a memory verse for Paul. This is how he lived. And he could say with all integrity to the, to the elders in Ephesus, you saw how I lived. And I did not shrink back anything that was profitable for you whether you were saved or not saved as i was teaching in those circumstances anything that was profitable i didn't shrink back i had courage through the power of the holy spirit and i spoke with boldness truth i look back at my life and how many years i knew that verse and i could just quote it yeah yeah my what's your favorite oh man not ashamed of the gospel is the power of god for salvation the power of god for salvation it's a lie i was totally ashamed of the gospel i was totally ashamed of it if if i can't say with paul you've seen it in my life you you've looked and seen how i lived and that no matter where i went i didn't hold back i didn't shrink back from saying anything that was profitable if you can't see that in my life, then that verse isn't true about me. But Paul could say that because he could look at the elders and say, you've watched me. You've seen how I live. And you know that for three years, night and day, I admonished you with tears and, and, and endured trials. And I didn't shrink back ever. I didn't shrink back from teaching you and telling you and, 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 and bringing to you and, and confessing to you anything That would be be to your benefit. That's the gospel. In all circumstances, that's the gospel. The gospel is what brings salvation. The gospel is what benefits. The gospel is what encourages. The gospel is what edifies and lifts up and and brings people together and and convicts and, and points people in the right direction. It's the gospel. And he says, I didn't ever shrink back from teaching you the gospel. I didn't ever shrink back from teaching you anything that would be to your benefit that was profitable excuse me from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house sometimes when people knew the gospel it wasn't just the romans road or or whatever you think of when you think of the gospel it wasn't just that it was letters to corinth that said you're not you're not living the right way We've got we to gotta turn the ship here. You've got you to gotta go the, the other direction. What you're, the things you're deciding to do, they're not right. They're not honoring to God. And we've got to turn that. And so that's profitable, right? Why? Because it, it brings people closer to God. It may be hurtful. It may sting. It may be like a, 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 a much, 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 much needed shot that someone gets. And it may sting going in. But it's profitable. It's needed. Paul said in those cases I didn't shrink back from that I I was I would tell you anything that was profitable you saw that in my life and Paul is able to say to the to the Ephesian elders you you watched me you saw you you saw how I lived you know how I lived and and how and he's going to go on in, in the passage but you could see in my life how you ought to live it's a lesson to the to the elders you can watch and see my life and and that's a lesson to you how to live but it's it's a lesson to us who might not be elders too this is not just a message and and if you're not sure about that then go back to first corinthians where paul says to the church at corinth be imitators of me as i imitate christ this this is not just a message to elders if you're an elder then then this is how you ought to live you should not shrink back and uh, you should you know you should be courageous you should cry a lot and then you should um, have a lot of trials that's not what he's saying. He's just saying this is how I lived and just like he reaffirms in first Corinthians is be imitate that imitate that as I imitate Christ imitate me as I imitate Christ let's pray father thank you for your goodness and grace again thanks for your word Lord and that we have this amazing picture of this man Paul who was completely surrendered to you Lord completely surrendered to you and it's convicting for me Lord I, I, I read his life and I want to as a as a in my flesh put him on this pedestal and yet I know, I know he's human and he's has the same nature as I have and 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 yet he was completely surrendered and controlled by you, by Christ. And so God, I pray for us um, as we think of of how Paul lived and the example that he talks about in this passage to the elders, Lord, would you God, help us to serve you like Paul with all humility, Lord. Help us to serve you with all humility. God, give us hearts that are genuine so that there are tears that come as we see our brothers and sisters in Christ hurting, as we see others who may not know the gospel and, Or who may reject the gospel, Lord, give us hearts that are genuine, that weep over those things, God. As we face trials, Lord, give us grace and humility in those circumstances, Lord. And God, give us courage. That we could look around to the people in this body and and say with Paul, you've seen how I lived among you that i did not shrink back i was not ashamed of the gospel i was not ashamed of the gospel lord we we genuinely need you for that and so i pray that you would truly be the center of our hearts the center of our life that like Paul, we could say that we don't want anything else. We just want you. And that we could say with him for, to, for us to live is Christ. If you give us another day or another year or another decade or however long our life extends, Lord, that, that we could say for us in that time. For us to live. Is you Jesus. We're going to be controlled by you. We're going to be surrendered to you. In all things. God help us. In that Lord. That we would be a church that. Others can watch. And could even heed the words of Paul. and, And follow us as we follow you. That like the corinthian church like the ephesian elders who could look at paul and see a physical example of what it meant to walk like christ that those around us could say the same thing and have the same thing lord we want that and, and yet that's going to come from complete surrender to you lord complete surrender to you and so god help us to like paul be able to say we're going to serve the lord we love you and we praise you. We thank you for his life and for his letters and for his example. And, and may it be a lesson to us and not just to these Ephesian elders that we've read about. In Jesus' name, amen.